0: as it says there, a God who calls. We start literally with God calling uh, Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh. Uh, and a number of us probably have heard or read the story and we've gone through it. And I, I know for me growing up, not in a Christian home, it was still one of the stories that I still heard about. Um, uh, I have a... Sort of a recollection of some of those like kids' books that you go through, and I can remember one with a big whale that swallowed a man, so I'm assuming that probably was Jonah. Um, When we were teaching on this with the youth a couple of years ago, we had uh, one of the young people who has grown up in a Christian household say, Oh, isn't Jonah one of those Greek gods? Nope, uh, no, he is, uh, he is definitely a, an Old Testament character. So just to position that Jonah isn't a Greek god, he is definitely an Old Testament prophet, and that is where we're going to begin this morning. So to set the scene, uh, what we have is Jonah, um, before Jesus, he, Jesus hasn't come yet, uh, and he is in the time of, where Israel has been through uh, a number of exiles already, so so Israel have gone through a number of scenarios where they they have already had prophetic voices speaking uh, into their lives and into their situation. And in this period of time, there is a, a nation or a power called Assyria, and this has been or was an ancient enemy of Israel uh, among other nations. And Jonah, as a uh, quite a nationalist on one level, wanted to see Assyria harmed for what they had done and who they were and not for them to receive help. So giving you that context, Jonah is... Uh, in a position where he is actually wanting bad to come against this people that he has been called uh, to go to, to this great city. So him hearing this call, uh, part of what I want to unpack this morning is thinking through actually what are some of the things he's hearing in that, how might he be interpreting what God is saying. And as you read through the rest of the book of Jonah and as we'll hear in the coming weeks we see how Jonah resists God's call on him to reach out to Nineveh and almost at every point uh, he states his opinion and he states what he wants uh, to happen. And I think it's very interesting to note that Jonah uh, would have known uh, a lot about Israel's own history whether that was orally or through some uh, uh, texts that would have been transmitted, written at that point, and he would have seen again and again the story of repentance and restoration that Israel itself had gone through. So he knew that this was a side of God's character. He knew that God was a a God of forgiveness and a God of grace, but in this situation, uh, that wasn't necessarily something that Jonah perceived And another really interesting thing to note uh, is that in the Old Testament, typically what we see throughout a number of the books is uh, there's an appeal for the nations and the people groups to go to Israel to flock to the presence of God. And we see that in stories uh, such as Solomon and his temple. Um, I don't know if many of you know that story, but where... um, we had a number of people from a number of nations coming uh, to the temple specifically because they heard uh, of its glory, they heard of the glory of God in in that place. They were drawn to the presence of God. And that was part of the temple's designation, which was to be a place to reach the nations, to be a place for all. But in this story, it's interesting to note that God has instead called uh, Jonah to head out to another nation to go to, to this people group and to bring them, uh, this warning uh, as it comes across or this, this message of who God is. And I want to talk about, um, kind of the biblical precedence of that to kind of set the scene a little bit further. So in Genesis, right back in Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. I think I just dropped a pen didn't I? Yeah, there Yeah, Uh We read this. The Lord has said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. I don't know if many of you have uh, heard that or, or would or recognize that before. But in a number of um, contexts I move in, uh, we refer to this as the Abrahamic covenant. It was a covenant that God made with Abraham. And a lot of us often uh, remember the bit about the I will bless you. There is the context where God is saying, I will bless you. I will bless the nation of Israel. But there's that small little bit at the end, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So right from the get-go of Israel, right from the start of God forming this nation, Israel was called to be a blessing to the nations. It wasn't called to retain the blessing itself. It was called to, to reach out and bless all the peoples on the earth. And we then see this repeated again in the New Testament, in the Great Commission, in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, where it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And we see here just another kind of reincarnation of that uh, Abrahamic covenant or where it's saying, actually, this is a, a call to you. I have blessed you. I have come to you. You are a blessing to go and be a blessing to the nations. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. So God's heart is and always has been for the nations and is and always has been for mission. And Jonah is just an example of this. It's a it's a setting of another book that I think sometimes a lot of us can look to or read and it it may feel a little bit disjointed and may feel a little bit different to some of the other prophetic uh, books that we read. But it is placed quite significantly, I believe, to demonstrate that God's heart is and always has been for mission and that we not only see it in Jonah but we see it repeated throughout uh, the Old Testament in how God blesses Israel and draws them to be a blessing uh, to other nations. And the book of Joan, I believe, is significant for understanding this biblical basis for mission because it treats God's mandate to his people regarding those that that aren't part of Israel, and because I think it also then shows a reluctance to this approach from God's people, Israel, uh, and then in selected individuals in in Israel. We see that time and time again that actually Israel often ended up not doing what God had called them to do, not being the blessing that they had been called to be right from the get go with Abraham. Uh, and I think Jonah again is just another example of uh, of just not uh, appreciating God's approach for other people. And I think Jonah also shows us the need for heart transformation when it comes to our own tendencies and our own attitudes, uh, and often how we need God's hand on our lives to shape us into who he needs us to be to fulfill his calling on us. And the shaping and this molding by God... Uh, not only allows us to grow personally in faith, but does allow us, I believe, to also enact his heart for mission for the world that is out there that doesn't know him, to carry his gospel, his love, his power, and his kingdom to the world. And so the context of Jonah is, is exactly that. It is Jonah receiving the call from God, arise and go to Nineveh, to go and carry his Gospel now we know at the time it wasn 't Jesus it wasn 't uh, a message of Jesus that he was called to go and preach, but it was uh, a message of who god 's character was, that God was a God of love, that God was a God of forgiveness, and what they needed to do was to repent of their ways and turn uh, and see who this God was and this this part of the call to Jonah to go into the nations into the world, I do believe however was translated through his own lenses. I don't know how many of you wear contact lenses. I think that's quite a good good picture of that. That sometimes actually we, we don't even notice the lenses that we have on. Uh, and that's why I think the contact lens picture is a really good example of that. That actually we can't see unless we really look hard that someone is wearing contact lenses. But what it does is it gives them different vision. It hopefully helps them see much better. But in this example... Uh, I think Jonah was trying to lay his own expectations and his attitudes and thoughts On God and the call that God had given him rather than accept uh, that God was a loving God, a God of forgiveness that was willing to reach out to a people that had been an enemy of Israel that had done horrendous things but to give them an opportunity for repentance just as he has said in Genesis for them to be a blessing for this nation to receive the blessing of God themselves. So Jonah instead, I think, used his own lenses and his own way to interpret what God has said. And in our lives today, I wonder how it is that we interpret what God says. I think Jonah uh, is a great example of something called ethnocentrism. That's quite an anthropological word. Uh, But all that means is believing our culture to be better than another and I think Jonah is a fantastic example of Jonah believing that his way, his culture, the way he wanted things to be done was better than the, the Ninevites, than those people living in that city and that therefore they should pay for that. And how often is it in our own lives that we might have kind of an ethnocentric lens ourselves where we think our way is better, where we think our culture is better, maybe our way of doing church is better than someone else's way but also how is it that we interpret what God says here Jonah is um, Jonah we know to be a prophet Uh, he was someone who who would have known as I've I've mentioned who would have known of God's character who would have known of what God has done but still managed to interpret I believe what God had called uh, differently than what we know God to be And how we can judge that for ourselves today is scripture. Scripture is a fantastic test because it informs us of God's character and his nature. We see his heart, his promises and his kingdom throughout the word of God. We can see what it is that he is saying and we can see the story of love. We can see the story of forgiveness, the story of repentance And so for ourselves today, when we receive a word from God, when we receive a call from God, how is it again that we interpret it? Do we interpret through the lenses that we have on what we think God should be doing, what we think God should be saying, or do we also judge it in light of who we know God to be and in, in who we see God in Scripture to be? So Jonah's specific call is this, from verse 2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. As I've already mentioned, his call there is and was missional. It was to go to the nations, to Nineveh, and tell them who the God of Israel was, who Yahweh was, and to extend his blessing to them. Uh, And a number of commentaries do have some slightly different uh, understandings, depending... Uh, on the translation, and they've also uh, a number of commentaries highlight that there sometimes are uh, just some easier words to actually help us understand what it was that God's call was. So, in this version I'm reading from, it says uh, "call out against it," uh, whereas more accurately, it's probably more "preach in it" instead of "preach against it" or "call out against it." So, Jonah's assignment here was to preach God's character and nature within Nineveh. It was to go to this place and tell them who God was, a God that we know to be of compassion and love. We also read the word evil there. Again, some of the translations state that a Hebrew word could be better translated as trouble. So there's this trouble that is within Nineveh. The trouble that is going on uh, is calling God to reach out. To them, And again, I think that's a, a really important thing, again, to recognize that it, again and again throughout Scripture we see God meeting people in trouble. We see God meeting people who themselves are troubled or are troubling against God. And God's heart is to reach them just as much uh, as it is to reach those that may seem that they have it all. So within there we see God's heart to be missional, to reach out to the nations, and we see him calling Jonah to do the same. So our call from the Great Commission is this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Similarly, our call is missional. I know a number of Christians that don't believe that this verse is for them, but I see nothing in scripture that says this is for the elect few. And I see nothing in scripture that says, you know, bar Maggie from Sheffield or whatever. It's it's very specific in that this is a command and a call to those that follow Jesus. And similarly, it is a reiteration of God's missional heart, that call to go and reach the nation's. But also we know God to be a God of specifics. So we have this kind of general call that is for Christians. But where is it that God is laying people, situations or locations on our heart? Who is it that God is calling us to? What is the community that God is calling us to? We might see it through our passions We might know that we have a love for young people and children. Well, that is probably part of God's call on us to reach the next generations. We might even have specific people groups. Uh, We support here in this church a number of people who are reaching the Saniki people. And that is an incredible opportunity uh, for us to be engaging in prayer with these people who have a specific burden laid on their heart. And it doesn't mean for us today that we have to instantly leave this place and jump on planes or boats and head out overseas. But what it does mean is we have to be open and ready to receive the word of God in our lives, the people that God is laying and putting on us. Because those very people might be in a house next door to you. Those very people might be a number of people that you see on your regular supermarket shopping trip. Or it might be a number of other parents at the school gate. God will be very specific in who he's wanting us to meet in that specific time. He is good at placing us in those places and he is good at making his words come into fruition. And there is a promise that follows this part of the Great Commission, which is, and I will be with you always to the end of the the age. And we know that wherever it is that we go, wherever it is that we step, that God is with us. And just as we see in verse 3 of Jonah, where Jonah jumps on a ship to try and get away from the presence of the Lord We know that there is a God who is sovereign over everything. He is a God that is in every part of this world. There was nowhere that Jonah could go that he could get away from the presence of God. There is nowhere that Jonah could go where God's love still wouldn't reach him and God's word still wouldn't reach him. And the same is for us today. There is nowhere that we can go, no specific location, but nowhere even in terms of our own walk, that we can go where God still can't reach us. There's no one who is too far gone that cannot still be serviced and used for God. When we read scripture, when I read scripture, and I read the stories the countless stories of people that have had their lives completely transformed by God, I know that it is a story of transformation and reconciliation. It is a God whose power is big enough, whose love is big enough to redeem the darkest of situations. And in a world, I think at the moment, that is crying out for answers, generations of people that are crying out, for answers, I think this is a time and a place for us to be seeing countless stories of the souls to the pools, where we see God's redeeming love break into situations and God's redeeming love set and ready to restore not only individuals, but I think entire nations and people groups. Uh, and recently, I don't know how many of you may may know of or who have heard of uh, an artist called Kanye. You might well um, have heard of him for plenty of wrong reasons. But at the end of 2019, he released an album called Jesus is King. And the the greatest backlash to that album has been from Christians who have said that it's not his place to be talking about Jesus, that it's not his place to uh, kind of be flaunting that or be putting that out there. Or who have then gone and completely ridiculed his life or condemned him for aspects in his life. Now admittedly he is a very public figure, his life has been on display, his wife's life has been on display and his children's lives are completely on display. But I think this is quite a modern day soul to Paul, that like, we can look at a story of a broken man who is who has led a very broken life, who God is redeeming and transforming and using that platform to reach countless others. There is a modern example of God's love at work. When we look at Jonah, and I'm sure the others who are coming in these future weeks will highlight other aspects of this, but again we see another platform. God uses this prophet to go into the city and to preach about God's love. And we know in this story of Jonah, I don't want to steal too much from what other people are going to come and say, but we know the story is they do repent. And I'm hearing stories of young people, of people my age who have never before considered Jesus, who are going, well if it's for Kanye maybe there's something in this. If there's something that Kanye is preaching in his songs, maybe there's something in this for me. And perhaps this is a modern situation of arise and go to, where we have a situation of the gospel, of the message of love that is out there, that is causing people to question, and is causing people to repent. Now we probably won't see them lining the streets in sackcloth to go, aha, you're probably someone I should talk to. But we might begin just to see in culture, we might begin to see uh, in our own personal lives and conversations, people down the street, people we know, just beginning to question and ask, what is this Jesus thing? Who is this person who I need to know or I want to know more of? And where is it that God is unsettling us personally and challenging our attitudes and our ways of thinking to respond to his call on our life? The story of Jonah, I think, is a, a repetition, an ongoing repetition of repeating that God and Jonah dialogue of God unsettling and challenging Jonah, Jonah responding and God just dealing with another layer, God dealing with another heart attitude. Where is that for us? Where is it that maybe we need another bit chiseled off us that's not necessarily easy, could be quite painful, but where is it that God is challenging us this morning? I skipped that slide. Uh, So I want to finish with the the last, two parts of a poem called You, Jonah, by Thomas Carlyle, which says this, And Jonah stalked to his shaded seat and waited for God to come around to his way of thinking. And God is still waiting for a host of Jonas in their comfortable houses to come around to his way of loving. So where is it this morning that maybe we have... That thing that we are waiting for God to come around to our way of thinking about that person, that situation, that political thing, uh, that annoying person who lives down the end of the street. And where is it that God is waiting for us to come around to his way of loving, to be the people that carry his gospel, that carry his love and his presence out into this world? Ali and the band. So we're going to uh, go back into a, another time of worship. Uh, but I want—I really want us during this time just to really think and ask, oh, where is it that we might be being challenged this morning? What, what attitudes might, might we have this morning, like Jonah, that just needs his hands to come upon, that we just need him to come and break, him to come and challenge, and him to come and just meet us in his love with. Because I do truly believe the word when it says that all of us are called and equipped. I don't believe that there is any single person here this morning that isn't called and that God won't equip. So where is it that we are being called and where is it that God is going to equip us? So as we're going to worship, just have that on the forefront of your mind and just begin to let God speak to you. In fact, I I sense that God has already been speaking to a number of us this morning. And let's not leave here this morning without bringing that before God, without journeying that with him. And I know Dave and a number of others would be uh, welcome to to pray with you and to pray for you. I, I would be happy to pray with you as well. But also feel free to ask people around you just to pray. And I think God has got some real um, gems to give give us this morning. And what I mean by that is, uh, I think there's a number of us that think that we are rubbish. I think there's a number of us that think, oh, this part of me just isn't good, God. This part of me just doesn't work. It hinders your gospel. And what God is saying, no, that, that is a gem. Your weakness is where my strength is made known. So why don't we close our eyes and stand. Or stand and close our eyes. (laughs) Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your word in our life, of your compassion and your love. But we thank you also for your call on our lives, that we may carry your love. We may be driven by your love, to take your gospel and your truth out into this world to make known who you are to a hurting world. So Jesus, for some of us this morning, would you highlight what it is that you are challenging in the ways of our thinking and our attitudes? Would you also highlight those gems that you see in us that we might think are rubbish or weak, but that you meet with your wholeness and your strength? And Father, for some of us that may not know our calling or may feel lost in our calling, would you just bring clarity to us? I ask for specific names and specific people to be landed on our minds and our hearts this morning, Jesus. For some of us, even specific people groups that we are being called to reach. By your presence come, Holy Spirit. We wait for you.